Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to J&J Radio. I know it's been a long time, but hey, we're back and we missed you. I'm Jonathan Harper, along with my co-host, Jason Gibbons, Statman and the Hammer. We do a little bit of everything when it comes to basketball, but we specialize in that bread and butter of the NBA. We're going to get right into it. we got about two weeks left in the regular season, and the Lakers, they're banged up, Jay. They've been banged up for the latter part of the season for the most part. And uh, LeBron James missed last night's game at home against the uh, Denver Nuggets. And Woj of ESPN just said that he's expected to miss tonight's game. Uh, I'm sorry, not tonight. He's expected to miss the Thursday game against the Clippers and the Friday game against the Portland Trailblazers. And that's going to hurt the Lakers because they're trying to stay out of that play-in scenario and trying to play up their way uh, to some some lighter competition. So what do you think is going to happen uh, since Brown Brown is about to miss two more games with that bum ankle? So the Lakers winning last night helped them a lot, but the Lakers are in trouble. They have the hardest remaining schedule in the NBA, and not having LeBron James for some of these upper echelon teams that they're going to face is going to really hurt them in the standings. But they, they can only... Their only hope, I guess, or gamble is that uh, Dallas and Portland, who are tied with them for their uh, for the fifth seed, also potentially struggle. I um, mean, they don't need to win all of those games. But if you look at their schedule, uh, there's potential there for them to lose, you know, five or six in a row. Yeah, that makes it tough because, like you said, all these games are really important because they don't want to be in that play-in scenario because if you come up against somebody like a flamethrower that goes by Stephen Curry, he might go for 50 and have you sitting at home. So I think the Lakers are going to do their best to try to stay out of that bottom play-in kind of tier scenario. But it's tough because without LeBron uh, and also without Schroeder, you don't really have a coach on the court. Uh, It's tough to kind of direct things. And like we said, the Lakers have been banged up pretty much all season. Uh, with LeBron's injury and AD's injury. And they they also brought in some free agents this year. So the team just looks different compared to last year's title run. So um, it's it's really interesting. Like, I think LeBron must really be hurt because if it was just a tweak, I think he would play through it because he understands the sense of urgency. Because like you said, we were talking about the other day, uh, the last time he missed extended periods of time with the Lakers, they missed the playoffs. Of course, that was before they had AD. But when when he was banged up, it didn't it didn't work out in the end. Absolutely right. And if you go back to uh the Sunday game against Toronto, uh that they lost, LeBron actually had to exit that game after he had tweaked the injury and they ended up losing um at the end. Um then they played Denver after Denver's LA, Portland, Phoenix, New York, right? They could potentially lose all four of these games. And then they play Houston, uh Indiana and then New Orleans to finish out the season and New Orleans might be playing for a chance to get into the playoff. Um, There are a few games out of that 10th spot. So let's dive into this, uh, this, this play in scenario. I know recently LeBron was quoted as saying he's not the biggest fan of the play in scenario, which is interesting because you know, when, when it doesn't affect you uh, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, but when you're smack dab in the middle of it, then you feel some type of way about it because I'm sure if the Lakers were the one or the two seed, I don't know if he would feel so passionately about it. But since they, you know, like they're they're in a, a weird little scenario now, the play-in scenario is a real thing here in LA. What what are your thoughts on that, Jay? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Uh, when LeBron James 
comes out and says that whoever thought of the play-in tournament uh, needs to be fired. He was all praised for the play-in tournament during the bubble, and he didn't have any um, problems with the play-in tournament when the Lakers were in second place. Um, when Luca was complaining about the play-in tournament, LeBron didn't have anything to say about it. And then suddenly, that it looks like the Lakers are going to be playing in it is the worst thing ever. Um, I can understand being frustrated, but you know you kind of want to be consistent, right? Either it works or it doesn't work. And it, in his case, it seems like for so many other things, they work for me, but not for everyone else. Or they it works for everyone else, but not for me. Um, the fact of the matter is that the Lakers um, had been hurt a lot over the last two seasons. I'm sorry, the last three seasons, where they missed the playoffs because of LeBron injury. Um, the bubble helped them out a lot because, uh, or the, the mid-season sabbatical. Yeah, they got a big sabbatical, like I said, in the season <laughs> here. But then they got injured again this season. Um, the play-in tournament um, it makes up for the shortening of the season. I don't think people realize this, right? Um, they're missing uh, ten out of eighty games or eighty-two games in a normal season, and a team that barely missed the playoffs or barely misses the eighth seed by um, a game or two would have a fair contention to say that the imbalanced schedule caused them to miss the playoffs because if they would have had 10 more games, they might have won against maybe some of the poor teams that they didn't get to play. And so I would think having that play-in tournament uh, absolutely kind of helps to bridge that gap, let alone you know generate more income for the league um, who needs to make up the money from having 30 teams miss 10 games right? That's 150 games they're losing out on, right? Right, right, exactly. Uh, you're going to want that, uh, you're going to want that revenue. You know, it's like you said, those those opportunities, because like you said, without playing games, that means no commercials, that means no advertising dollars, and that's what it's about in the end. And like you said, the uh, NBA Players Association voted, and they said they were okay with the play-in scenario, so it's almost one of those, you just got to take it on the chin and play through it. Sometimes it's, it may not seem like it's the most ideal for you and the team when they've been banged up, but it's like, hey, this is what you signed up for. So I think as a fan, I can't wait because, you know, back in the day, I say back in the day, a year ago, <laughs> when you were out of the playoffs, it was one, two, three Cancun, like they say on TNT. But now, like if you're at the eight or nine or the, or the 10 seed, you, you got a shot. You're like, we just need to be in that general vicinity and we can somebody can get hot and we can play our way into the playoffs. So I think it gives a sense of um, a sense of urgency for for teams and players that are just close. They just need to be around that edge uh, right. going to end the season. So think about this. Like look at a team like Washington. Uh, the Wizards had a horrible start to the season. They had multiple COVID bouts, they had injuries, right. they had superstars traded and they just could not get off the ground. Right. Um, once they did get off the ground, they got healthy, they got cohesiveness, um, they looked like a juggernaut, right? I think they've won eight of the last 10, yeah. something like 14 of the last 16. Uh, Russ playing, playing out of his great. mind. Yeah, Russell yeah. Westbrook's at putting up historic numbers, uh, and Bradley Beal is number two in the NBA in scoring. Um, in a previous season, without a play-in tournament, they might be tempted to tank in order to get a higher chance at a better draft pick. Absolutely. But now... They're like, we could get in this 10 seed. We could easily win two games and get into the playoffs. And no one wants to play Russell Westbrook averaging 20, 11, and 11. And then Bradley Beal can be uh, get hot. 50 any given night. 
you know, they exactly. could easily win a playoff series. It's almost like uh, watching the NCAA tournament uh, a la NBA version. So, like you said, you can get hot, you win one or two games, and, you know, it, it, you could literally change your season by just getting close enough to be in that play-in, and boom, you're in the playoffs. And now your owner is happy because he's getting a bunch of revenue associated with playoff games. You're on national TV. Teams who might not have gotten a lot of eyeballs, like, you know, the Orlando Magic, now you got eyeballs on primetime and TNT. So that uh, play-in tournament really changes the game. But we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and explain to you guys how that playoff scenario works. Because I know there's been a lot of confusion about who gets in and how many games you play and who plays who. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back here on J&J Radio. J&J Radio back. Jason, do me a favor and explain to our amazing uh, listeners, how does this play-in scenario work? Yeah, so the play-in tournament is really cool. Uh, they didn't just do a single elimination, which could be catastrophic, could be a catastrophe for a team like the Lakers if they fail to launch and they have a slow start. So the way that this is going to work is that uh, the teams in the 7th and 8th place will play each other for a chance at the seventh seed. And the teams in the ninth and tenth place will play each other for a chance to play the loser of that seventh and eighth place team matchup in order for a chance at the eighth seed. So if you're in seventh place or eighth place, you guys can play. If you win that game, you're in the playoffs as a seventh seed. The loser of that game then sits around and waits for the winner of the ninth, tenth matchup, and if you beat them, you're in the eighth seed, and so that'll be in both um, east and west. Both east and west. So that's a total of six games here we have in their bracket. Gotcha, um, and that puts a premium on wanting to be the seven or eight because if you win one game on that, you're in. But right. if you lose, you're not quite out yet. You still got another chance. But if you're in that 9-10, you lose the first game, you go home. But if you win, you're still alive, and you can play yourself into the playoffs. Exactly. So, 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 it's so if, you, if you're in the traditional spot of 7 or 8 that's traditionally a playoff seed, you don't go home with one loss. You get two chances to play a team with, uh, with a record similar or worse than yours to get into the traditional playoff matchup. Right. I think those games are going to be outstanding because it's, they're, they're going to be like basically game seven type urgency and intensity uh, for the play in tournament. It's going to be that might be some of the best basketball we've seen all season. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you consider the, the, <laughs> the teams that are in those positions right now, I mean, you're going to get star power, right? You're going to get like if the playoffs started today in the West, you would have uh, Portland and Golden State playing each other. That's right. amazing. Want to see Steph- that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got Memphis and San Antonio. San Antonio got great Popovich. They're going to be a good team. But then you got uh, the young team in Memphis, Memphis um, with a lot of talent with a chance. Yeah, John Morant. They're fun to watch. Good team. Yeah. So absolutely. those are good matchups. And then in the East, you have uh, who I mentioned earlier, Russell Westbrook and the Wizards. I'm playing against the Indiana Pacers with Karis LeVert and that team that they put together. Mm-hmm. And then you have. Boston Celtics, right? <laughs> their young team who struggled and fell up and down the playoffs, playing yep. against Char- Charlotte Hornets, who uh, have fallen off. They were as high as a four seed at the midseason break, and then I think that injuries—I don't think—but injuries caused them to fall off. Absolutely. But now their team is getting healthy again, so right. you have uh, another couple of good matchups going on. Because, and I, 
I'd watch those uh, teams for a um, chance to go to the playoffs. I'd watch those games all the time. Absolutely. And like you said, young Melo broke his wrist and they said he was out for the season. But, you know, being young, your bones grow pretty quickly and he was able to uh, rehab and find his way back. So, like you said, uh, adding him to the roster might help them salvage their season. So Charlotte is one of the best teams to watch in the NBA. They're they're a fast, up-tempo team. They like to get the ball off the glass, and they are all about transition points. And like you said, Memphis with John Morant. And, of course, like, I mean, Steph and um, Dame, that's, that's box office in the West. So that that's going to be – that that's one of the best matchups in all the playoffs that we might have for a play-in scenario. So I'm there definitely going to be – like- yeah. Steph Curry versus uh, Damian Lillard. We might not see a better show. Right. Where both playoffs. players can go for 50. Right. Yeah, and you can't really do anything about it. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And that's the thing. When those players, like, when a player can go off and just literally take over a game, regardless of the defensive scheme is thrown at him, it's literally a game changer for a scenario like this because it's not like he has to do it four out of seven games. He just has to do it once or twice, and then it opens a whole realm of possibilities of now your team is in the playoffs. So I think that's that's really fun. I hope they don't do away with this scenario. I hope they keep it, keep it around for a long time because it, it's going to be really fun. And, it, and like I said, it gives you that, that play-in scenario where it's like the NCAA tournament meets the NBA playoffs. So I'm definitely exactly. all for it. Yeah, all for it. Yeah, but we'll take a quick break and we'll dibble and dabble. We'll look at the standings. I know you kind of touched on it for a second. We'll look at the standings and then we'll be right back. Okay, Jason, we're back. If the season ended today, the Philadelphia 76ers would be the one seed in the East, followed by the Brooklyn Nets and then the Milwaukee Bucks and then the New York Knickerbockers. (laughs) But out West, if the season ended today, Utah would be in the one seed, the Phoenix Suns, who shocked everybody except for Phoenix Suns fans. Uh, Denver will be the three seed, and the Clippers will be the fourth seed. So what are you thinking right now in terms of seedings and then how it's all played out? Yeah, so the biggest thing um, right now is that 4-5 matchup in the West, the Lakers-Clippers in the first round. Um, Clippers would be devastated if they don't make it out of the first round. You'd have to blow up that whole thing. The Lakers would have a built-in excuse. They were hurt. They never had a chance to get healthy. The Clippers right. definitely don't want to play the Lakers in the first round in a 4-5 matchup. Um, that completely nullifies their home court advantage because they'd be playing in the Lakers stadium with 16 banners hanging. And I don't care that the Clippers put a little curtain on the Yeah, what if they cover it up, though? <laughs> Steve Bomber said, you're going to respect my, 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 my space and cover that stuff up when it's our home game. Yeah. So um, that's, that's an intriguing matchup. Um, things are kind of still in flux, though. Um, Utah is only half a game ahead of Phoenix. Um, Phoenix, Utah, who stayed in first place pretty much the entire season, uh, could slide into number two with Phoenix uh, right behind them there. And then in the East, um, I believe that I, I said Brooklyn would be the top team in the East at the end of the season. They're a game behind Philadelphia, and they've got some tough games to play. they got to play the Bucks again. Um, they got to play Denver, and I think they have another good, uh, another good team left mm-hmm. on their schedule. Uh, Milwaukee, who had struggled for a big portion of the season, has come on strong um, to get into the third spot. Um, they beat Brooklyn this weekend, and uh, I think that they're now back looking like the best team in the uh, in the East. In the East, really? Huh, that's interesting. See, 
Uh, my take on the East, I love that Doc has his boys playing well. I think Embiid is playing with a special renewed focus. He's trying to get that MVP title. Uh, and they're playing through the big fella. He's not shooting a lot of threes. He's just pounding it inside. And he's just he's just a big uh, monster that nobody can really do anything with. So it's really good to see Embiid kind of go old school like Baby Shaq. You can't stop me, and I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over. But like you said, Brooklyn – They've been kind of um, – it's, it's hard to figure out because they've had some injuries, you know, along the season with their big three. So, like, Kyrie's been banged up. He's missed some games for some personal reasons. Uh, Kevin Durant's been banged up. And then James Harden is currently banged up. So it's, it's still interesting to see what that team is going to do when their big three is all playing on the court at the same time. And the question is, will that happen? And then when it does happen, can they get stops? Because we know we can, they can score points – with anybody in the history of the NBA in terms of, you know, a, 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 a regulation game. But the question is, can they get stops at the end? And I think the addition of Drew Holiday is really going to help the Bucks because he's going to take some of the pressure off of Giannis in the playoffs. But like you said, they, uh, they, they've tweaked and tinkered with that, with that, um, with that roster. But I think they, they did it in hopes of being more well-rounded in the playoffs because, you know, in the past they, they, they score a lot of points, and then they would they would be a great defensive team, but then in the playoffs, when a team has you know two three weeks to to schedule and and really buckle down against your team, they have trouble scoring because Giannis uh, they would build a wall like we saw with uh, Toronto. They build a wall against the big fella. So, but I think the East, the Knicks, is like one of the biggest surprises. Let alone the East, that's one of the biggest prizes in the NBA to see the Knicks in the fourth spot. And it is going to be fun if the Knicks play Atlanta. And then if you slide down to the West, I think Utah, they're fun to watch. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, that style of play translates to the, I guess you would say, to the playoffs because they don't really have somebody that they can dump it down to on the box. I know Rudy Gobert shoots a really high percentage, but they don't run their offense through him. So it's tough to score when you rely on jump shots and uh, three-point shooting unless you're the Golden State Warriors. Generally, we've seen – it's tough to win a championship when you're shooting a lot of threes, but you know, right below them, like you say with Phoenix, man, they're playing, they're playing some really good basketball. Monty has those boys playing way above their heads. Some of the young, some of the young players are playing really well. Devin Booker, book it, he's getting buckets. And then Chris Paul is is should be second or third in MVP voting because before he showed up in Phoenix, they weren't doing a whole lot. Uh, I know they had a they had a hell of a run last year in the bubble. But he took them to a new level because they went from slightly out of the playoff mix in the bubble to now they're in the two seed. And I think a lot of that has to do with Chris Paul's leadership, what he brings to the team on and off the court and his kind of moxie being a coach on the court. And I think he's added uh, a level of accountability to everybody on that team and to Booker as well. So um, and then, of course, you know, Denver is really good. I think before you before you leave Phoenix, also Monty Williams is coaching really well. Absolutely. And their general manager. So, yeah, they they put a collection of talent together that's young, but they're winning. So I think they have a, a great kind of mix because normally it's either you're really young and you lose a lot of games or you're old and you can't stay healthy. But they have a nice sweet spot of a mix. But we just I just want Chris Paul to hopefully stay healthy for this playoff run. And who knows, uh, the sky's the limit for the, for the Suns. And that's, we haven't said that, I feel like, since 
Charles Barkley was playing, and that was what the late '90s when somebody said the yeah, sky's the was, limit for the Phoenix. That's a, that was a long time ago. I mean, they had they've had good teams since then that just couldn't get over the hump. Um, with, right with, uh, with Antonio Amari. Nash. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah those uh, D'Antoni led teams, which is your favorite coach, right? D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni. Uh, yeah, that's that's the guy. <laughs> um, I, I want to go back to Brooklyn for a second. Brooklyn okay. did something interesting um, as we wrap up things here. Brooklyn traded. They had a lot of weapons, a lot of young guns, um, and they traded that for experience. And right. they brought in Harden, and they brought in. Because they're trying Aldridge. to win now, right? Yeah, so they got Harden and Aldridge to go along with KD and, and Blake Griffin and Blake, Blake Griffin. Yes, yep. and then um, and that move kind of shot them in the foot because um, health became an issue, which is. The older the players get, the more health becomes an issue. And so health has caused a lot of issues for them. It's, it's been incredible to see them continue to win, despite the fact that their three best players have only played seven games together the entire season. Yeah. Um, but I think that the reason why the Harden absence is I picked them to, to win the East before Harden was ever present, before they traded for him. And so I don't think that that's as big a deal, Harden's absence is as big a deal, as it is the fact that they don't have the depth in general. Um, outside of Harden, um, they don't have enough big men. They don't have... They struggle uh, to defend the rim and rebound. Right. And, and that's, that's going to be their issue. Their defense, and I think that yeah. when, when Harden comes back, they will still struggle to defend the rim and rebound. Right. I agree. But it's also a testament to how good those individual three players, those individual three are when you have them you know, without the collection, I guess you would say, of the three together. Like when Kyrie's leading the show, he can win games. When KD's leading the show, he can win games. When Harden is leading the show, he can win games. So it just it's also a testament to how good those players are individually, th- that they're a two seed and that collection hasn't been together, but for less than, like you said, 10 games for the season. But again, when the game shrinks and slows down, can you defend and can you rebound? Because like we saw right. in, the, in the playoffs, the Lakers did that at a high level and they came away with the championship. So it'll be interesting to see if Nash and D'Antoni and that coaching staff and those guys just buy in to just getting stops in the playoffs because that's what really matters. But we're going to wrap this show up. Um, again, J&J Radio, thanks everybody for tuning in. You can find us on all our platforms. I know it's been a while, but we missed you and I'm sure you guys missed us. So be sure to tune in for some upcoming uh, shows we have in terms of the playoff runs, in terms of um, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. We're going to do a whole award show coming up. So, Jay, you want to take us home with anything special? Well, that's it. Uh, less than 10 games left for most teams. Uh, the playoffs are right around the corner. Absolutely. And just about every team seems like they're still in it, with the exception of uh, the Orlando Magic, obviously the Detroit Pistons, and then out west, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Houston Rockets seem like they uh, don't really – yeah, they're actually eliminated. So the three teams in the West that are eliminated are the OKC Thunder, Minnesota Timberwolves, Houston Rockets, and in the East, the three teams that are uh, already eliminated, according to ESPN.com, are the Cleveland Cavaliers, Orlando Magic, and Detroit Pistons. So if you're a fan of any of those teams that I, any of those teams you got next year, but if you're still in that play on play in scenario, make sure you guys tune in because you still got a chance. So. Again, this is Jonathan Harper along with uh, Jason Gibbons, J&J Radio. Thanks for tuning in. You guys have a good one. You can find J&J Radio 
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Casts. You can find us a lot of places. If you can't find us, reach out to Jay and Jay directly on their Twitters and complain. You can also find us on Deezer, Listen Notes, and Player FM. It's a lot of places. Have a great day.